0: Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your daily digest college basketball show, where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. I do appreciate everybody bearing with me here through this week. I'm recording this in a hotel room in New York City, so I'm not trying to talk too loud, wake anybody up through the hallway. It is 3.30 in the morning, so trying to keep it calm and quiet, but A lot to talk about from one of the best days of the year in the college basketball season. This truly is college basketball Christmas. If this is a college basketball fan that is listening to this podcast, you know that today was one of the best days of the year. We have a lot to get to. Trust me, we'll get to Xavier. I have a full-length interview with Adam Baum, the Cincinnati Enquirer beat reporter for the Musketeers. That's coming up in just a minute. But first, let's talk Dayton. They again survived a thriller This time it was against St. Joe's in the Flyers' first game of the A-10 tournament. Dayton was leading by six with two minutes to go, but it came down to the wire. Tumani Kamara had an incredible day. He had 17 points, grabbed 18 rebounds. Deron Holmes, he went for 17 points. Dayton now takes on Fordham. That's on Saturday. Saturday afternoon, Dayton playing the Fordham Rams. Take a day off on Friday before getting into the A-10 semifinal. Miami's season ended yesterday in the first round of the MAC tournament. They lost to Toledo, 91 to 75. The RedHawks finished their season with a 12 and 20 overall record and went 6 and 12 in the MAC in the regular season. Now let's turn to my interview from last night with Adam Baum. Adam Baum, thank you for joining me tonight on the Rebound Rundown. Recording this while there is still three and a half minutes left in Creighton and Villanova, so we don't know yet. Xavier is going to play but the Xavier Musketeers get it done they come all the way back in this game tonight against DePaul Adam what a game it was Xavier now 7-0 and in Big East quarterfinal games since realignment Xavier is the only Big East team that is undefeated in the quarterfinals they're going back to the semifinals a place they haven't been since 2019 Xavier wins 89-84 to 84 over the Blue Demons. It felt like DePaul's game most of the way, but in the end, it was Colby Jones and the Musketeers who came up clutch. Xavier did not uh, – rather, they only turned the ball over one time in the second half. What a game.
1: What a game. And I think the most – maybe the most telling thing about this game for me was that nothing about it was easy for Xavier. You got into this game tonight where you're playing a DePaul team that's won, what, 10 games all year? They just recently endured a 13, 12 or 13 game losing streak. Snapped it the night before against Seton Hall. See, DePaul gave Xavier everything that they could handle tonight, and Xavier almost didn't handle it. Um, you, you had a game where DePaul led for more than 36 minutes. Xavier led for 231 in this game. Um, Xavier took an 81 to 80 lead. That was its first lead in the game since it was three to two. So this was just a game where DePaul couldn't miss, Xavier couldn't defend, and then at some point in the second half, Colby Jones just decided that Xavier was going to win this game. Colby Jones had four points
0: and four turnovers at the half, as you pointed out on Twitter, and in the second half he had 18 points and no turnovers. Adam, how big is that for somebody like Colby, who has all these NBA aspirations and is such an important player on this team, obviously?
1: How big is it for him to have a game like this on this stage? It's massive, and I to me the most revealing thing about what happened tonight was what happened in the locker room at halftime. And uh, Colby talked about this at the post game press conference a little bit. Then I followed up with him. I followed up with Kunkel. Um, Sean Miller basically ripped into Colby Jones at halftime and said that you know he was basically helping DePaul more than he was helping Xavier in the first half, and Colby. Colby responded to that appropriately. And uh, I talked to Colby about this, and he said that that right there, the fact that you you have a coach who challenges you in front of the entire team, Colby said there was no way I wasn't going to go out there and leave it all out on the floor in the second half for my teammates. Um, Colby also said that that was a primary reason why he wanted to come back to Xavier this year and play for Sean Miller was because from the very beginning of their relationship, Colby said he felt how much Sean Miller believed in him, how much confidence he had in him. And this is essentially before Sean Miller has ever coached Colby Jones in a basketball game. He knew that. Um, Sean, One of Sean's selling points for bringing Colby back was because he envisioned Colby playing in games like this, doing what he did tonight in big moments when Xavier needs him the most. And that all came out tonight in a 40-minute basketball game all the layers to that they're like this goes back a year through a coaching change to get to this point and through it all was just like sean miller believing in colby jones that he could do this and tonight he did it that's why it was massive this sounds like the best case scenario for you as the beat writer (laughs) (laughs) i had fun writing this one (laughs) yeah um and i got another cool one too so i'll tease it but um xavier lost a few weeks ago to villanova at home and something happened after that game that um is really funny and it's something that i think xavier fans are going to get a kick out of when they read about it um it's uh it's a sean miller coaching technique that i don't i've never heard of this before i think he's done it before with some other teams but i think people are going to be um they're going to be excited to read this
0: one When, when 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 will people hear about this or read about this when's your story
1: It'll, it'll come out tomorrow morning, so Friday morning. Okay, so yeah. probably by the time people are listening to this
0: on the commute or on out. Friday. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so everybody listening, make sure you go to subscribe <laughs> to the Cincinnati Enquirer and, uh, and, and get all that. Adam, you'll have everybody covered all week. But uh, a couple more things here on this game tonight from Xavier. One of the things that I kept thinking about throughout this game was for all the struggles that Xavier has had in the Big East tournament over the last three years, Trying to get back to Friday, just trying to, even just to win a game, forget Friday, just to even win a game, get out of Wednesday, get to the quarterfinals and, and win a game in the Big East tournament. It just felt like whatever, whenever that was going to happen, it was going to take them climbing that mountain, right? And it, it wasn't going to be easy. And now tonight, we saw that, right? A few weeks ago when Xavier played DePaul at home, at the under-8 timeout, Xavier was leading 71-45. to 45. Xavier cruised to a win there. Got close in the end only because some of the other guys got that in sucks. the game and some substitutions happened. But in this game tonight, DePaul was leading 71-65 to 65 at the under-8 timeout. And it took everything out of Xavier to get this win. But they did climb that mountain. And now do you think maybe that relieves some of that pressure going into tomorrow night?
1: I, I think it not only relieves some pressure – But I thought that the way that this game went tonight, I thought that this is going to be something that's more beneficial to Xavier moving forward. To your point, like how much, you know, I'm sure it feels great to stomp a team. And, you know, there's never a doubt you beat this team by 20 or 30 points. That's awesome. I think sometimes it's more beneficial when you have to grind it, grind grind out a win, the way that Xavier did tonight. Like you, you, learn a lot from these type of games, and this was a game where Xavier just didn't have anything going their way defensively. To Paul, you kind of have to tip their cap to him; they couldn't miss for a large portion of the night, and you had to find, a, you had to overcome all of that. Like to me, that's that's a, a beneficial win that can serve you well. Maybe the next game, maybe next week in the NCAA tournament. You don't know, but that to me, that was like something that I was consciously thinking about sitting there watching that game tonight. Was like, you find a way to win this one, you can find a way to win a lot of games. I don't have the
0: stat in front of me, so I'm just going to say it's a lot. But it feels like Xavier every time we turn around is playing a close game. They haven't won all of them. In fact, without Zach Freemantle, three of those four losses were by four points or less, or three, whatever the stat was, three points by three losses by four points or less. You're talking about a run here with this team that is constantly in these situations, but more often than not has found ways to win. And you think back to the Providence game and overtime at home, Marquette, Seton Hall, Creighton, these games at home. But now to go away from home, you play at Madison Square Garden, a great traveling Xavier crowd here awesome. at MSG. They just kept waiting yeah. with bated breath, waiting for that run. They got it in the end and
1: the garden came alive it was a really cool environment and honestly we were sitting here before the game and it was like providence and yukon were finishing up and that environment was absolutely nuts it was a sellout i mean wall-to-wall crazy people and the xavier DePaul game started and it was like man what kind of crowd are we gonna have and by the second half this this place was full and it was rocking and you know with the exception of this game currently going, well, yeah, currently going on right now, three out of the four games today were absolutely spectacular. And Friday night, looks like it might be another good one. So there's 145
0: left in the second half of Creighton and Villanova. Creighton is up by, I, looks points. like, twelve, okay, 13 points. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. Gonna call I'm going to call this one for the Blue Jays. And that leaves me to my last question for you before I let you go. Creighton handed Xavier their only loss of the season that was by more than seven points. Creighton beat Xavier in Omaha by 17, a total dud of a performance out there for Xavier. Jack Nungy got into early foul trouble. I think it was Zach Freemansel got into early foul trouble out there as well. Both picked up two early fouls. That game was over from the jump. How does Xavier overcome that against a team that Xavier did beat at home? They split the regular season series. This Creighton crowd traveled very well. It has been incredible out there tonight watching this game Xavier's fans I know there are a lot of fans getting in tomorrow Uh, this is setting up for a really fun 9 p.m. FS1 start
1: the bottom line is Xavier you have to be better defensively tomorrow night yeah if you come out and you do what you did tonight against DePaul it's going to be another game where it's going to feel like you're running uphill the entire game and you're trying to chase Creighton you have to be able to string together some stops and don't be as reliant on your offense. The other thing that's really interesting about this game is that uh, Creighton Creighton has not played Xavier without Zach Fremantle. So I know tonight is an outlier in terms of the way Xavier's defense played, but all the other games without Zach Fremantle have been a better defensive showing from Xavier. They're going to need that defense to show up tomorrow night. And then the the thing is is your stars shine tonight for Xavier in crunch time you're you're gonna need that again tomorrow night you need Colby Jones to step up you need Sule Boom to have a game and if I'm Sule Boom if I'm Sean Miller and Xavier's coaching staff I'm I'm keeping Sule Boom up tonight and I'm showing him what Ryan Nemhard did to him the last time they played Ryan Nemhard absolutely locked Sule Boom in a cage and threw away the key. Sule could do nothing against him. He did a great job, and that completely changed the game from Xavier's perspective. That's why their offense didn't do anything was because Nemhard was so good on the ball in that game, took everything away. So to me, that's what I'm looking at. DePaul shot the lights
0: out today against Xavier. Emoja Gibson went for 22 points, but he picked up four fouls, went out of the game, and the momentum shifted. DePaul, for the game, shot 61% from the field, 50% from three, 86% from the free throw line, but it was Xavier in the end that wins the game by five. Adam, thanks so much for taking the time here tonight. It is 11.53, and I know you still have more work to do, so I appreciate it. The listeners of the rebound rundown, I, I heard, I was walking through the crowd and i heard one xavier fan i hope he's listening to this i heard i turned around i heard somebody go hey the rebound rundown i love it so to anybody listening that is here in madison square garden we appreciate it and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be doing another one of these pretty soon
1: it spreads paul it spreads <laughs> the people the people know the people love you
0: thanks adam Cincinnati plays Temple today at 3 on ESPN2 in the first game of the AAC tournament. The Bearcats lost to Temple in that clunker of a game on New Year's Day and then beat the Owls in overtime in late February at 5th-3rd Arena. Kentucky plays an upstart Vanderbilt team tonight as the Wildcats open the SEC tournament. Kentucky just lost to Vandy on March 1st, and Vandy has won 9 of their last 10 games. That game tips at 9 on the SEC network. Around the country, there are a few headlines to know. First, Patrick Ewing's time is done at Georgetown. It was announced yesterday that he will not be back as head coach of the Hoyas next year. Second, Ohio State continued their run in the Big Ten tournament, beating Iowa. Can the Buckeyes keep it rolling? They have Michigan State at 2.30 this afternoon on the Big Ten network. And as far as bubble teams go... Penn State won to bolster their bid, but Michigan and North Carolina both lost. Seems like almost a sure thing now that North Carolina will become the first team since the tournament expanded to be ranked number one in the AP preseason poll and miss the NCAA Tournament. What a day it was at the Big East Tournament overall, though, here at Madison Square Garden. It was phenomenal. In the first game at noon, St. John's looked like they might pull off the upset against Marquette, but it was the Golden Eagles who finished first in the Big East regular season title race. They won the Big East regular season title, and they got it done in the noon tip-off game. It took them five extra minutes. They went to overtime, but they beat the Red Storm. And then at 2.30, Wow, what a comeback from the Providence Friars, Connecticut. They were rolling early up by double digits for most of the game. The Friars came storming back, but the Huskies advance to Friday night. The top four seeds playing in the Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. It will be an electric atmosphere on Friday night tonight I will take UCLA and Oregon under 134 and a half. That'll do it for today's rebound rundown. Thank you so much for listening everybody. Depending on my schedule I may do an episode this weekend to wrap up conference tournament. Not sure yet what my schedule looks like for the next couple of days but if I can and if my schedule allows, stay tuned. I might tweet it out if I'm doing an extra episode Saturday or Sunday. If not enjoy the weekend and I will talk to you next time right here on the rebound rundown